What the hell is up you guys? Today we are doing a collaboration with the Organic Grill, It's Jamie's Corner, and It's Gigi Robinson. You are in for a treat today. We got this phenomenal cheese board. I mean, how could you put this in front of me and then expect me to just do a podcast and talk? Yeah. I'm gonna be eating cheese the whole time. All right, then I'll talk and uh, Gigi go <laughs> yeah. into the I agree. We're just gonna be chowing down. Having you, a conversation. You, you are tempting me with this delicious vegan cheese. Mm. So today, guys, we are doing a little breakfast special where we're going to be talking all about putting our careers in partnership with our advocacy work, how we manage to turn our passions into a career. Vlad being a chef at this incredible vegan place in the West yeah. Village, Gigi being an advocate, a model, a spokesperson and me just being the wackadoodle that I am. So why don't we just all go around and introduce ourselves? Gigi, let's start yeah. with you. Don't mind me. I don't even know what kind, can you tell us about this cheese first? <laughs> I mean, it looks so good. I haven't had a spreadable cheese on a bread like, a gluten-free bread like this in so long, but mm. uh, I mm. am a public speaker, New York City native. I was born and raised here, so I know that we have the best food in the world here in New York some of the best if not the best vegan options in the world are right here not only at our fingertips but footsteps away from some of our favorite spaces we're right near washington square park and nyu here today uh, but i do public speaking about mental health and body image and chronic illness advocacy and jamie and i met 10 years ago in high school and now we're old so yeah. All right, speak for yourself. <laughs> I feel like I'm still like 16. Mm -hmm. The way I partied this weekend, <laughs> you know, just, uh, we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> so Vlad, why don't you tell us, what do you have going on? So, um, taking into consideration my accent, I wasn't born here, right? So I came from Ukraine 30 years ago, and for the last 22, uh, we, as a family, manage our Ghani Grill. All right, and this is something that I love passionately, and uh, hopefully we'll continue for more. I think yes. that there's so many ways to advocate for a plant-based diet, and one of the best ways is through food. You are showing people that you don't have to sacrifice anything from taste, from texture, from flavor. You can get everything that you need on a whole foods plant-based diet health-wise, flavor-wise, and honestly, you feel better, and you're not hurting animals in the environment. Your impact is significantly reduced. So I'm Jamie, I have a YouTube show, a podcast, Jamie's Corner, and I do everything from film, public mm -hmm. speaking, to advocate for animal rights. I do undercover investigation footage, and really my passion in life has become something that I never thought it would be. You know, growing up, I really thought I would maybe go into the acting world. I thought, ooh, it'd be really cool to be a journalist, so I studied journalism and media in school. And then I connected with this cause and it became my whole life, my identity, my passion and my purpose. And I started meeting incredible people like you. I mean, Gigi, you knew me before I was vegan. And so we're gonna talk a little bit today about how the transition to veganism might have been tough mm -hmm. for certain relationships mm -hmm. because people saw me in this one light. And then when I went and I changed to become this advocate and a completely different person, yeah. people in my past, my friends and my family were like, who is this person and why does she care so much about you know animals and the planet? Like what is going on? And I feel like it did create a little divide with certain yeah. people in my life and now I'm actually changing some of those people and mm -hmm. I feel like you have come a long way in the vegan journey yeah definitely I mean so I, you you are uh, um, sequence of your work basically sure yeah she can call me a testimonial <laughs> thank I'll you I'll give her a good testimonial a good persuader <laughs> over here my little grasshopper yeah uh, but yeah I think I don't remember was it high school where you started going vegan vegetarian vegetarian in high school and I just remember like in high school it was a time where no we also went to also LaGuardia which is like a very intense high school we weren't there from the normal hours of 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. we were there from 8 a.m. to 4 30 p.m. Plus after school stuff a lot of the time and well it was a performing arts high school yeah, yeah for context but if you don't know LaGuardia you should look it up um, and basically I think in that we everyone was so busy that I'm not saying it as an excuse but you know you're a teenager you just want something quick and easy and you want to also not be like strange and you want you want to be the person that's not eating in a way that's gonna make your friends feel weird 
And so I think going out of high school, maybe during college and everyone's kind of going their own ways, you know, that's when I think you really started doing a lot of the vegan activism and animal rights activism, which I think is like super dope. I think what impacted me the most from your content was probably in like 2018 or 2019. And I just, I, I was really sick with my chronic health issues and you were also doing a lot of your disruptions and going out to the slaughterhouses and shooting really graphic content. And I think seeing that on a personal level is what made me kind of transition my mindset. And I remember, I don't, I don't remember when it was, but I was like, oh, I stopped eating red meat. And then I think COVID happened. I came home and I was like, oh, I'm stopping eating chicken. And then it took a while for me to stop eating fish. But I, I think everyone has to do it in their own time. And that's what you always said. You're like, you'll, you'll figure it out in your own time. My, I have a question for both of you. So what make you not to feel alienated when she was on this path and you were still... Uh, debating and mm -hmm. figuring it out and what did you do consciously uh, not not to to push her away yeah so I mean when I first went vegan it's this fire and this passion inside of me that just I wanted to speak up and change the world I saw this injustice and I was like I'm gonna share this with and the this world, is a common reaction and people are gonna change and I slowly started to realize that it's gonna take a little bit more work than mm -hmm. just telling people what happens. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard because right. it's like the people that I love so much didn't connect with this issue the same way that I did. And in fact, a lot of my friends in high school would be like, here, try a chicken nugget, eat it, eat it. And I felt yeah. super awkward and uncomfortable. And I felt this, this not, I, it wasn't shame, but I felt like I was the odd one out. Yeah. The, the black sheep, the, the person that was like, causing issues and people would ask me a million questions at the dinner table and like I just wanted to just fit in and not even have this be a conversation mm -hmm. so I guess why don't you start with um, how do you think that I helped you along the way and made you not feel alienated and then I'll talk a little bit about how my advocacy has changed over time yeah I think definitely in the beginning it was a lot more like anger that you like from also as your friend like I feel like I can say this like it was from a place of like oh my God, I'm so angry, it took me so long, and maybe there was resentment, and also seeing all that that really intense gore in person, not and then editing it. I know for a while was your job to edit that kind of really intense footage, and that was making you like really even more fueled up, but not, I wouldn't say in a good way. I think over the years, you've seasoned the way that you talk about it in a way that like you know the facts now you don't need to be aggressive with it you can just know the facts and you can also create content in a way that's digestible because I think some of the slaughterhouse footage like you said you can't just show it there has to be like a what changed here in someone's mindset that made them go from meat eater to now animal activists mm -hmm. and so uh that I think also really helped as as you grew into the producer and the personality that you are now and, the, and have these platforms it went a lot it's it's a lot more digestible now I think for your everyday person it's it's really great and I think in terms of feeling alienated I mean I think it's really interesting we joke about this all the time we'll just be you know hanging out with people and they'll like we can just kind of not joke but be like whoa like you're just eating animal parts like on your plates like it just, it's weird. It's a shift in perspective versus before you're like, this is protein. Mm -hmm. So I think once for me, I mean, I'll get into why I also fully went vegan for the you know past, I think six months or so and how that changed my life later. But I think overall, it just really has to do with also personal mindset mm -hmm. and realizing that you're doing it for yourself, whatever reason that is. If that's for your health, like me, that's what it's for. If it's for the environment, that's what it's for. If it's for, you know, cooking and innovation within a field, that's what it's for. If it's for the animals, that's what it's for. And it could be multiple. It's multiple reasons. But what I'm also hearing is that you were so intensely involved uh, because you you were um, 
starting to do activist work, but you also did it professionally. So you were completely immersed uh, with the issue when people usually are not as involved, right? So it's a completely different perspective. You are like living it every day and they are just living their life that is not that much similar from what they used to. So did you, were you able to keep the relationship because you were just good friends or because you kind of uh, did something to understand each other more? Well, listen, I am angry. 80 billion animals are being slaughtered every single year. They are being confined. They are being mutilated. They are being tortured. I am furious about it, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. I am devastated about mm -hmm. it. I wake up in the morning, it is what I think about. I go yeah. to sleep, it is what I think about. I could get emotional and cry about it right now because it is so, mm -hmm. it is so unfathomable what happens to these animals and I am angry about it. And mm -hmm. you know, I think so there you, has to be a way, how can I be effective? And how can I reach people? And if yeah. that's going into a grocery store and doing a speak out and speaking up for these animals, then I'll do it. If it's a matter of making a film that's educational, that's a little bit moving with music and whatever, I'll do that. If it's doing a speech at a college, I'll do that. Yeah. And if it's doing my humor, outreach, YouTube style stuff, then that's what I'll do. And I'm going to reach people and I'm not mm -hmm. stopping until this world changes because it is an injustice. It is just unacceptable at this point. And so I think a lot of my friends and family, they saw certain types of this outreach and it's not, that I don't, I don't think I was doing necessarily anything wrong. I think I am guilting them, and that is why they yeah. were getting upset. A vegan, right. as vegans, we are like mirrors. We are like reflections for people. Totally. We show them the horrors that they're participating in, and a lot of people just don't want to hear it now. Yeah. They don't want to hear it mm -hmm. yet, and so that's the problem. So my answer to all of this is it's not you, it's not me, it's you. Yeah. It's your own guilty conscience, and I'm just pointing that out. And if I go into a grocery store and I'm yelling about it, that it, by me doing that, that's not making you any less vegan. That's just making you be like, oh, well, because she did this, it's my excuse to keep harming animals. Well, f you, f you. You know what? You are going to make the connection and go vegan at some point because if it's not for the animals, it's gonna be for your health or yeah. it's gonna be because you're running the goddamn planet into the ground. Yeah, period. Yeah, wow. Mic drop if we had one. So he, he dropped. Thank you. I really don't think that there's a wrong way to do activism. I think the worst thing that you can do is to not do anything at all. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree on that. And I also think a big part of staying friends is yes, being good friends from the start and having like a great friendship, but also like being willing to hear each side, being willing to have a conversation of like, you know, oh, I'm still eating fish right now, you know, this was years ago, but like, I'm still eating fish. And then she can say, okay, well, here's something informative. You can watch Seaspiracy, you know, it's on Netflix, it's digestible. And here's some other facts that you can, you know, really research and see how it's harming your body. Right. So I think having that, and also on the receiving side, being open to, not that you have to be the educator, but being open to hearing the other side and not pressuring someone into it, but just being like, these are the facts yeah. and this is how it's affecting you. And for me, as someone with chronic health issues who grew up with them, I think honestly, like a big part, one was, is, are the issues themselves, but two also is the diet and what's going on. And so, um, you know, I, I just think over time, I had to come to it myself. Yes. I couldn't be, there's no, 100%. if a vegan person is, or somebody who eats on a vegan diet is pressuring another person into being vegan, it's never gonna work. Yeah, you, you have, to, you do have to do it yourself. Well, that's what I realized. And I think to answer your question is that no matter what I said, what it would say, if somebody doesn't go vegan because they wanna go vegan, then what's the point? They're mm -hmm, not gonna stay mm -hmm. vegan. They're not gonna, you know, I don't wanna stand there and have to force feed somebody. I want them to realize that this is the right thing to do, that this is a healthier way of life. Um, and so I think ultimately, depending on the person that you're talking to, you have to adjust your tone. I can say for myself that uh, I went through transformation of my role uh, in a restaurant. It changed like in the last five, six years dramatically. I always thought that I'm the one who provide atmosphere, mm -hmm. but I have to be behind the scene. Mm -hmm. Like always, like uh, I have to create 
dishes, I have to create atmosphere, and I don't have to bother people if they come in with a uh, group of friends or by themselves. That's for them to find out what is organic grill about, what vegan food is about. And we were not always uh, uh, vegan, we were vegetarian with uh, every option to be vegan, okay? And then I realized it does really bother me because I'm vegan myself uh, and uh, then I'm offering something that is not fully congruent, okay? Mm. Took a while and I alienated a lot of customers uh, along the way, but it made my life and me as a person much more congruent and um, authentic and Growing where I was growing, I'm so sensitive to all kind of, I, I came from USSR, so I'm very sensitive to propaganda, uh, bad forms of activism when it's forced in you. Mm -hmm. So I'm always very uh, 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 cautious about activists yeah. until I know them and uh, yeah. see if that it's a true nature of the calling. Um, and. Uh, it's probably not my style. I admire people who do this because uh, I think it's very important. But I never uh, ask people, are you vegan or not vegan? I just want them to come in. And maybe it's almost like hypocritical on my part, like I'm like luring them in, knowing that good food, as long as they're yeah, not yeah, allergic yeah. to good food, they're going to be fine. Anytime somebody wants to meet me, I was like, okay, come to Organic Grill, totally. try something else. Uh, if somebody knew, I would give them something else to mm -hmm. try. Uh, and people are, I can state from my experience, people are easily being uh, bribed this food, mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they understand this language very well. And eventually, if not now, they're coming back for advice or coming yeah. back for more food. They feel they are not alienated, they are not uh, feeling judged when you just meet them and mm -hmm. just treat it as good food. Absolutely. I think these positive experiences that we are inviting non-vegans to try and come to, it's great because they're going to associate that with a positive experience and then over time they may actually transition from that. But again, yeah. I think different tactics are going to work with different right. people. And for me, it took multiple messages along the way. So like I saw a pig livestock truck when I was about 13 on the highway in Indiana and my dog was in the car and I just remember like thinking, what is the difference between my dog and one of those pigs that's headed to the slaughterhouse and that stuck with me and it was multiple times and multiple experiences with different animals that stayed with me throughout the years and that's why when I was in mm -hmm. high school I was like I want to go vegetarian I do feel a little weird about eating meat but we live in this world where it's so normalized mm -hmm. the violence is so normalized yeah. that I just thought well if it's so widespread and everybody's doing it how bad could it be and I would come up with all these things in my mind like oh the animals it's quick it's painless it's um something that just you know god put down for us or they were created this way like you come up with all these excuses in your mind and then you realize oh my god i've been lied to my whole entire mm -hmm. life and going vegan forces you to look inward and say i was wrong yeah two things can you tell us a little bit about the difference between being vegetarian or plant-based and vegan because I feel like people will say plant-based but still eat fish Ugh. or something like that. Can you just dive in and, and yeah. explain to the you know party people what with uh, about what the difference is and why veganism is you know probably the best option? Absolutely. So the definition of veganism is to live a lifestyle which avoids using animal products at all costs in a practical sense. So. Um, we do not use animals for entertainment, for cosmetic purposes, for clothing. We do not eat them or any of their secretions or products. And I think that there's a big misconception between veganism and plant-based because plant-based is a diet. Veganism is an ethical and moral mm -hmm. standpoint. And a lifestyle. And a lifestyle, right. And so uh, when you're plant-based, people, a lot of people just do it for the health benefits of it. But plant-based, I feel you can cheat once in a while like, oh, okay, a cheesecake is not going to kill you here and there. Yeah, I'm plant-based majority of the time as I 
feel like what a lot of people say, but veganism, you start to see the world in a different way because you don't see animals as food. Mm -hmm. You don't see them as commodities or products. And um, this whole misconception with fish, it's really upsetting to me because fish are individuals that feel pain, that think, that suffer, and they actually are the most amount of individuals that are taken out of the waters and killed every single year. We're looking at around 2.7 trillion fish every single year, so that's even more than the amount of farm animals. And even the United Nations has stated that by 2048, we're gonna see fishless oceans. So the fishing industry is catastrophic. It's extremely disruptive to our ecosystem and our, our environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, these big fishing nets go into the waters. They're catching up all these whales and dolphins and turtles along with the fish and individuals yeah. that they're taking out. These animals are suffocating to death on these decks. Sometimes they're sliced open while they're still alive. They have hooks in their mouths. And the, the, the thing that I had to ask myself is, before I say something is humane, I need to ask myself if I would be okay with it being done to me or somebody that I loved. And so we have this idea of, oh, well, sustainable this, sustainable that. These are just terms to make us feel better about our purchases, but it doesn't really mean anything for yeah, the Yeah, humanly raised and all those. Humane slaughter. Mm -hmm. Please tell me, what is that? What does that look like to you? Yeah. <laughs> I also think something you, you said before about kind of coming to being vegan on your own terms, and I'd love to just share what happened with me, yeah. but I got bit by a tick, which I didn't know about until my doctor had recommended it, because for years I had unexplained stomach issues. And I've been to so many doctors, I had so many tests, it was always like, we're not sure what's going on, go on this diet, try this diet, you know, this medication, that medication, and nothing worked. I would have horrible, uh, horrible bloat, some breakouts on my face. I mean, you remember last summer, I was breaking out, I don't, we don't know why. And what it ended up being is I got this blood test and I got bit by the Lone Star Tick and it actually changes, I think, your blood chemistry or your blood sugar, one of the two. I guess if it changes the blood sugar, it's still changing the chemistry, so we'll go with that. And it means that when you eat meat or animal products that your blood sugar reacts to it and causes a body response to make your body have more inflammation and just react in a way that was making me sick. So the tick makes you allergic to animal products. I feel like we need more of these Lone Star ticks. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna and go to a lab and manufacture them. Yeah, Take go and make it a healthy way. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was kind of crazy because after over a decade of looking for an answer, it's wild to me that yes, I have the proof from my blood work, but also the past six months I've changed my you know, mindset here and I've talked to you a lot about, oh, well, I'm worried about binge eating because what I would do is I would used to say, oh, I'll try being vegan and then after I would eat like some mozzarella or like some ice cream or some nachos and not at a vegan restaurant, of course, so it was a little, you know, it was the real stuff and I would get sick and it just got to a point where I was like, I can't keep making myself sick, like it's, it's gonna be worse, but also, Besides that, it just it was, is this lifestyle shift where I'm like, I don't need to n deprive myself of anything. I can eat as much or as little of it as I want, obviously, in hopefully in moderation, but I'm not gonna be putting myself on this big, like, oh, there's a scarcity of plant cheese, you know, mm -hmm. or there's a scarcity of nuts or fruit. Like, I can eat all of that and get that same feeling um, as if I was, you know, eating animals, I guess. I think it's all in the mind. Like it really, ha the, it's the biggest shift for me has been the mindset around it being a lifestyle for my health and not a diet. Yeah, and I feel like I made little comments along the way that would make her feel a little uncomfortable. I mean, we were still able to maintain a pretty close mm -hmm. friendship, even with my transition to veganism and my activism. And I feel like what was happening was, at least in the beginning, was I was kind of alienating, alienating myself from a mm -hmm. lot of people. And I was like, how can I make this sustainable and last me a lifetime where I can advocate for the animals, but also like not be alone for the rest of my right, life. Right. Like yeah. even my dating scene, I was oh, like, yeah. I we don't want to about that. Yeah, it was like, it was hard for me to date non-vegans and like, 
I would just be grossed out, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so how was I able, it's like you almost have to desensitize yourself. And which is really hard because after going to slaughterhouses and seeing animals be killed and really like be connected, so deeply connected to the process of it, it's almost like your mind has to do mental gymnastics to like- To justify it. To justify sitting at the table where those products are. But it's, you can look at it differently also. It's not uh, justifying injustice, it's just to see where they're at. They have completely different experiences. They, they don't know right. fully. So right. you have to always kind of st- start where they are. And it's it's a common phrase, And but, but if you think about it, she had no clue what you went through, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless you share it in a way that she can hear, it's that's, useless. That's it's useless, key. yeah. Um, guys, I wanted to ask you about something that really um, kind of puzzles me about both of you. I met you separately, not knowing that you know each other. Uh, but um, so now I understand you have a similar background, right? You went to um, to schools that uh, predominantly um, focuses on artistic qualities. Mm-hmm. So you had all the pre- uh, prerequisites to, to, to become media person, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. But there are many, many ways to become a media person, right? Uh, and I see, I've seen it with uh, Jamie, and now I see it uh, uh, w- while um, talking more with you, that you guys kind of choose to be a media personality before becoming a media personality, right? Mm-hmm. You Was it natural transition, or you kind of consciously decided to develop certain skills? Uh, to do it because you kind of took took uh, your own direction with it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to start? Yeah, sure. I so I wanted to be a photographer. I've been shooting photography since I got my health diagnosis. Jamie modeled for me back in the day. Shot some of her first headshots, I think, like <laughs> in your mom's apartment, right? Yeah. That one. And you know, we we just became fast friends after that. Mm-hmm. I think. And you were also pretty shy in high school. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would like sit in the corner. No one could talk to me. And when I went to college at USC, I, well, I think important context is that I had one year at FIT here in New York before I transferred and I was really in a bad mental state. I was really depressed and I was, you know, smoking a lot of marijuana and, you know, binge eating a lot, not in healthy ways. And I just felt sick all the time. And Jamie was one of the people that was there for me that year, which was really incredible. And then I went to California for three years for my, the rest of my degree at USC. And what happened... That's when you stopped being shy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It took moving across the country for me to stop being shy. And so I think that what happened is I just realized that I was the one holding myself back. And again, it's all about mindset. You'll hear me talk about mindset, whether it's with what you're eating, whether with it's how you're dating, whether it's for your health and understanding that, whether it's for your career. I mean, it all comes down to how you think and believe that you can navigate the world. And so I decided to just be more happy, more positive, more outgoing. I was like, if I don't take this opportunity, someone else will. If I'm not the hardest and nicest working person in the room, things aren't going to come back to me. So I always try to be hardest working and nicest, kindest. So, um, and I noticed it about uh, you guys. I even made myself a note, talk about positivity. Is it something that comes naturally to you or you have to work on it? Um, For me, I think it does come naturally. I, I like bright, happy things. I, I, it, feeling sad doesn't feel good to me. It's okay to feel sad every once in a while, but if it's like a long time, you know, it's not something that really feels natural. But I would say, again, just finishing about how I developed my personality, I think I also was, you know, in LA, which is where a lot of influencers come out of. And I was around a lot of it and as I was around a lot of it I just naturally started posting my work online and talking about health issues because that's what I was going through and I didn't want anyone else to feel alone which I'm sure you can relate to um, creating educational content to make people feel less alone in their journey to help them feel like seen and like I can be a young 20 year old and be in a healthy relationship and 
travel and eat in foreign countries and make it work as a vegan. I think those are things that I really enjoy seeing and I'm going to start talking more about on my pages, I think, eventually. But, you know, it's, I, I just on that note, like positivity, what happened last week is I was in DC and I was trying to go out and eat and I called ahead and I said, or I, I looked online and I messaged them and said, do you have vegan options? They say yes. And I get a salad a salad with radishes and tomatoes. That was it. Nothing that, nothing that would even be served here. <laughs> Not real vegan food. And I texted her and I was pissed. And so in that moment, I was so mad. Like I was grateful that I got to be on this trip and that there could be an option, but ultimately I was angry. And I feel like unfortunately veganism is not, and vegan cuisine is not that widespread, even in big metropolitan cities. Like it's not where it should be. And that made me mad. And so I was trying to see what is the positive lens I can put on this, which is I just have to call ahead. I just have to do double the amount of work to guarantee that I will have something that I can eat. And I think this is a good lesson for anyone with any dietary restriction, right? To just make sure that you're doing that due diligence to call and make sure that you're taken care of at the end. Of the I day. always find that if you go to a Japanese restaurant or like mm -hmm. even Chipotle, I mean, you just basically ask for the cheese and the meat off. Yeah. I, but if, if, for example, I think going on a trip where they had told you in advance that yeah. there were going to be options, there are, we still have a lot of work to do. And sometimes I do get caught up in my vegan yeah. bubble. I'm like, there's amazing options. Yeah, New so, York. To round it off, how did you then connect your your career with then your advocacy work and your passion. Yeah, so my advocacy work is not in the animal rights or vegan world right now. Uh, it is in the mental health and body image and wellness space, really. It's about empowering people with the tools and equipping them with the language that they need to get the best result for their health. So essentially, I will say things like, you know, here's something motivational that could help pull you out of the slump or help you get going in the, in the day that maybe you're not feeling so good. Uh, I might give you some things that you can email to your professor or uh, to tell them about your disability or what accommodations you need in school, right? What, the reason why I started doing this is because I went through these issues myself in, at school and teachers didn't believe how sick I was because I didn't look sick. And I think that really became something that I just knew other people were dealing with and unfortunately almost everyone does have something now. And it's been interesting over the past six months though, because since my surgery, since they found endometriosis and since I changed my diet, my health has been getting better. And it's like, is it the diet? Was it the surgery? Is it, you know, the medicine that I'm on and weaning off of? Is it, you know, what is it really? Is it, is it that I can be more active? Like, I think it's a combination and it's a process. And again, like I had to go through all of that myself I, nobody could tell me just be vegan and you'll, your stomach will feel better. It had to be that that really long road, and that's what I'm talking about now. And if she just yeah. listened to me sooner, we would have figured this out many years ago. But <laughs> anyway, so my story <laughs> is going back to high school when we first met. I was always really out there. I mean, I was like yeah, the girl that you came to. I knew where the party was. I was making jokes in class. My teachers were watching. My life could have been different if I knew. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, I'm glad we met now. Uh, and so I, but I really wasn't political about anything. Yeah, I really yeah. kept things light and fun. And I had this like natural energy and positivity where I was kind of, I tried, I was just happy all the time. I really was. And then you, I walked into this world of, oh my God, like what, what is happening to animals? This is actually a really ugly world that I guess I just didn't realize how bad it was. And I always had this this sensitive heart like anytime there was an opportunity to volunteer at homeless kitchens or help in human rights or if i saw an animal on the road that needed help like mm -hmm. i was the first person to gravitate towards that like i always wanted to help and fix i grew up in an alcoholic household mm -hmm. as well and so that always made me want to fix uh, my family member that was suffering and, and wanted to help and solve and i feel like maybe that's transferred into my advocacy world but it wasn't until I went through this this journey of like, okay, I, I, I went vegan, I was pretty silent about it, 
I, nobody really knew I was vegan. I would actually go to steakhouses with people and just sit and order my vegan option. And I was like, the I was the ideal vegan for, mm -hmm. for the non-vegans. Because I didn't say anything. I let them do what they wanted to do. And I just kept to myself. Right. And then it got to a point where, where I was like, this issue is so bad. And if I want to see change in the world, I need to speak up about it. Mm -hmm. And I started doing Anonymous for the Voices cubes, which are places where we stand in public streets, where we show standard practices of the industries. And then... And from also... While you were doing that, there was a period of time where I think we went to Lenny's, you remember? And, yes. and this moment, I remember so distinctly because it was around that time where you stopped going with people to places where they were getting food. You, could, you said, oh, I don't care what you're eating as long as it's not animals. Like, you can get a veggie sandwich and I'll go with you to this shop that does serve meat. But as long as it's not on this table, it's fine. And you were having issues with other friends who disrespected that boundary. Yeah, I think setting boundaries was so important for me just as an activist because I, why should I place myself in an uncomfortable situation and why should I have to throw out my values and my morals for a lunch? Like, yeah. no. And that's what I felt more comfortable. And by, but at the time I was going to slaughterhouses every week, like I had to set that boundary. Otherwise, like I wouldn't be able to just enjoy the quality time with the friend. And so setting your boundaries, I think in dating, in relationships with friends, you need to. So anyway, this is before I even got into the activism. I was studying journalism and media. I had internships at CNBC, Sirius XM, Town Square Media, where I worked at XXL, like totally outside the animal rights world. But I was learning all of these skill sets from editing to filming. Yeah. And then I was just getting so immersed into activism. I was like, how do I take these skill sets and then use this to advocate? And, yeah. and in my senior year of college, I was at an animal rights march in 2019, and I was wearing my Newark Animal Save shirt, which is the slaughterhouse that I would go to every other week at like five in the morning before classes. And I met a film director at this march, his name Jordan Ehrlich of Cave Light Films. And he was like, tell me about what you guys do. And I was telling him, we give the animals water, we document the conditions, we try to rescue animals where we can before they're taken inside. And um, he was like, I'd love to come and film this. And so he came and filmed one of the vigils that we had at like five o'clock in the morning in a, like a cold September morning. And it, what happened that day was there was a heated interaction between myself and the mm -hmm, farmer mm -hmm. trucker guy. And it really brought to light what was happening to these animals in an entertaining way for the audience to actually watch this story. Engaging. Engage, yes, exactly, it was engaging. And the film ended up getting over 20 million views. It went worldwide, completely international. And in that moment, I said to myself, oh my God, I can reach so many people with this message through film. This is what I'm gonna do. And mm -hmm. so I started interning with Cave Light at first where we produced a film together in the midst of the pandemic where everybody's pointing the finger at China and we were like, well, what about the 80 plus live animal wet markets here in New York mm -hmm. City? Yeah, yeah. So we produced a film about that, that got 10 million views. And then I've produced six films since. And I was like, this is, all, this is what I want to do, I, and I, how can I now make money yeah. through my passion? So I started working at Cave Light Films, and then recently I just uh, started working at Generation Vegan, yeah. which is an amazing organization. It's a film company as well, basically, where we tell important stories in the movement. We also do plant-based food drives, and we help people, and we really focus on the intersectionality between veganism and human rights, yeah. and all the people that are affected by the factory farms, by where they're located, the people that don't have access to healthy alternative options because down the road, the people that are eating all the fast food options are suffering from horrible diseases and viruses and mm -hmm. I mean, cancers. And it's, it's, it's really awful yeah. to see that they, they need those resources and they absolutely should have access to healthy, affordable options. And also I <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. Cause I, I might, I don't think I'm mistaken here, but I also encourage you to start Jamie's corner oh, okay. yes. and to, okay do a lot of social media stuff and kind of become you know really entertaining so talk about that I was yeah I wanted to mention this so you honestly have been my biggest inspiration in the social media world I mean as she was growing her page she's getting you know on morning shows and she was in a sports illustrated swimsuit and she was able to immerse herself in the media with her message and I was like I want to do that. I want to be able mm -hmm. to reach non-vegans, not just be in my yeah. little vegan bubble. I want to reach outside of the community and, and advocate. And so Gigi was like, 
just start posting every day. This is this is what you need to do. And I think the more I did it, the more I got comfortable with it. I was kind of like, I don't want to be an influencer. Like I don't, you know, it's not for me. And it kind of just happened in the sense where I was going to these AV cubes and I, again, the conversations that I was having with people, I never thought to put a camera on this stuff, mm -hmm. but because I was working for the film company, Jordan said to me, he's like, why don't I just come and film, you know, yeah. one of your conversations, let's see what we got going mm -hmm. on and then we could post it on YouTube. Worst comes to worst, nobody watches it, but yeah. you know, we can at least film it. In best it. case, it goes viral. And that's what happened. And so I started editing through this footage and I'm like, there's something really funny mm -hmm. in this, which it's nothing about what was happening to the animals is funny, but it was the interactions yeah. that I was having with people. And I was like, this is kind of entertaining. So Maybe good. we can find a way to pair the two using humor, but also informational work and, and conversation to create the show. And that's how Jamie's Corner was born. And since then I've just been growing it. I take little snippets mm -hmm. from the episodes to convey Larry the information and it's me it's me it's not me being this angry activist that right. this uh, this outside person that I was like portraying like yelling at people yeah. where I didn't want to yell at people I'm not a mean person I'm not no. angry actually I'm, I'm pretty happy myself you sure? <laughs> <laughs> except you I'll yell at you Vlad but I just, you know, I, I wanted to just be myself again. And that is, and I think anybody in terms of activism needs to channel their inner qualities, their inner self yeah. to be able to do this in the long run. Absolutely. Well, what was important for me, and I'm a different generation, it's very common for activists to have their job, okay? This is how they earn their living, whether mm -hmm. it's congruent, uh, if they're lucky or not congruent with what what the uh, values dictate, depending on how how people are able to find the employment. Uh, but the rest of the uh, lives they dedicate to being activists. Okay, it's like almost like two separate lives. For me, what was important that you guys were able to to make it almost like not almost your careers and uh, and your hopefully way of earning living, right? And look what you accomplished. You just finished your second degree, mm -hmm. you wrote a book, yeah. uh, you became uh, 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 editor for the biggest uh, uh, vegan company. So there is a way for for activists to earn living mm -hmm. this yeah. way and yeah. and be congruent and uh, be authentic with uh, their own values. Yeah. For me, it was tremendous to see that uh, you guys didn't cut corners and uh, went with the best offer for fashion photo shoot, okay? Yeah. Or do something else that make uh, you living, which is earnest living. Uh, nobody would judge you for this, but for you personally, it wasn't the way to go. It yeah. might take longer, it might take yeah. uh, uh, some obstacles and time, but, but <laughs> look where you, yeah. you got yourself. Uh, I, um, I also think what's possible, what you're talking about with our generation kind of being fearless in going after things and talking about things in media, in on our social media, catching brands' attention is important. And it's important for brands and for us to decide which brands we want to align ourselves with because mm -hmm. some brands just want to put somebody who is vegan, who fits for the campaign because they're, they say they're cruelty-free, right? A lot of these brands will say they're cruelty-free, but they still test on animals across seas, right? Mm -hmm. um, or they'll say they, I think when they're vegan, it's like different when the products are, but people think that Leaping Bunny means that it's vegan. They need both they the need certifications, both. vegan and the Leaping Bunny. Right. Cruelty-free and vegan. If yeah. it doesn't say both of that, likelihood it's either tested on animals, you would think they go hand in hand. But, yeah. but I want to go even beyond that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those well-established brands or just uh, Kickstarters, what is they always looking for? They're looking for a celebrity uh, that true. is yeah. supposedly ve vegan. Us. Right. Supposedly vegan. And then uh, these people... Uh, uh, advertising the products, uh, who knows whether the uh, ideas align with the company or not. It's a job, right? Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden this celebrity is not become uh, longer vegan, right? And then we're like, oh, he just stepped uh, away, uh, he feels different. Instead of uh, ut uh, not utilizing, that's not the right way, engaging activists like home-based people uh, who grew uh, through uh, grassroots, right? People from, from our own community who became uh, 
activists and became me media personalities who are part of the movement, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. just celebrities. Yeah. I think this is something that is growing more and more and you guys are definitely yeah. uh, a representative of this because now uh, you kind of dictate uh, to those brands uh, whether to be with them or not because you representing vegan community. Well, my mm -hmm. goal is to inspire, it's to educate. I mean, I feel that you have to build that credibility over time too. You know, I didn't want to just be a fashion blogger yeah. or a makeup guru. I mean, great for all those people that have built that credibility. Mm -hmm. I don't know the first thing that I'm doing with makeup, as long as it says cruelty-free and vegan on it, whatever. I put a little mascara, a little lipstick. Like, I, that's not my thing. Like, I really wouldn't be in this influencer world if it wasn't for the animals because I'm so passionate about it. And yeah. I think as influencers, we have a big responsibility to promote messages of kindness, mm -hmm. compassion exactly. to our audiences. And yeah. a lot of influencers are not always doing things that are, are ethical because yeah. I was reading an article the other day that the the sales of canned fish actually went up 10% because you have all these TikTokers promoting canned tuna and sardines as like a weight loss health thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you are literally contributing to one of the, the worst problems in our world right now. Mm -hmm. Things that are gonna affect our future generations. You know, why would you use your platform that has thousands and thousands of followers to promote these really destructive industries? So you know what? If you have all those influencers doing that, then I'm gonna build my platform and exactly. I'm gonna yeah. use my voice and my platform to reach more people and to advocate for issues that are going to save the future of our planet. And the same with food influencers, you you get this constant bombardment of uh, requests, can I come to your restaurant and uh, and uh, do photo shoot. It's all nice and everything, but then you look at the website or you see are they really part of a movement and they just, all they do, just uh, looking for another trend or hype and they just go to the restaurant and take pictures. There is nothing behind it and you trying to be part of a community and they're not necessarily part of a community. Yeah, and I mean, I know we talked about it briefly before, but like, I think we should definitely talk about like friends and dating, influencers aside, like we talked about friends, but I know you mentioned dating was really hard. You did date someone that was vegan for a while and yeah. then you dated somebody who went vegan with you. Yeah. Um, I'm dating someone who eats vegan around me, but not is not fully vegan. And so I think it's, I that was one of the things I was scared of. I was like, oh my God, this person's gonna think I'm crazy. Like. Being vegan is sometimes challenging. You know, it's you like certain things certain ways. You need more food. You need more nutrition, maybe more frequently than people who eat meat. I think, like, or in terms of like, I feel like people who eat meat eat like a big breakfast with like eggs or something, and then they eat like a big lunch with like the protein, and they're not snacking. But I snack throughout the day now, and again, I feel better. But I was really worried that, you know a potential partner would just see it as like something that was hindering the relationship that was always annoying that was just something that was bothersome but I've learned from you seeing it happen with her and showing me what was possible and also going through it myself that people really can just care about you fully and be like what do you need what can what vegetables can I buy can I stock the house with stuff for you and I just think to anybody who is going through either like a health issue or you know is vegan and has trouble and is worried that someone's not out there to really be compatible and be compassionate about your issue that that's a mindset thing you have to shift you have to know that it's possible you have to believe that it's possible and then it will happen well ultimately i knew that i had to end up with somebody that connected morally with the issue mm -hmm. because i'm out there rescuing animals yeah. and i have to take an animal home that partner has to be understanding of that that partner has to understand that i would rather go to a protest than go to the botanical gardens with him or her that day do you know what i mean like it, it's important that that partner understood where my values were and I honestly, like, I, I think what was happening was when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend that was vegan, I was like, okay, I need a couple months to be single, live it up, do what I need to do. And I realized 
oh my God, 99% of the world is not vegan. Mm -hmm. And am I going to completely shun off all of those people and only look into the 1%? Or do I think it's possible to maybe help somebody open up and learn about the benefits of a vegan lifestyle and maybe help them go vegan? And that's what I did. But it mm -hmm. is a ticking time. It's a, it's a clock. It's not only taking time, it's taking different shapes. Yeah. Uh, because you can start uh, as a vegan with just uh, uh, a health concern, right? And for you, it might be or might not be okay that somebody is not vegan because mm -hmm. you're doing it for your personal right. uh, health. And then you change and then you become aware of a bigger issue. Is this person is going to be uh, able to change? Is this person is going to be able to tolerate or understand or mm -hmm. be more compassionate? So it's a constant uh, evolving of uh, yes. uh, understanding and uh, relationship. I said to my boyfriend, I said, you know, listen, I want you to understand why I'm going vegan and I want you to understand that ultimately this is not going to work if you don't go vegan, but I don't want you going vegan for me. I want you to go vegan because you believe it's the right thing to do. And so mm -hmm. from the very mm -hmm. beginning, I set those boundaries. Yeah. I said, I don't want to see the animal products. I don't want them in my house. I don't want them around me. And ultimately you have to respect this lifestyle mm -hmm. that I have mm -hmm. and understand it and learn about it and be curious. And it took about a year for him to actually ethically go vegan. So he would like try going plant-based for a few months. And I think for a lot of people, it is a transition. I yeah. think just nutritionally, you like can't go you, cold turkey. I mean, some people do it overnight. Yeah. We don't like the phrase cold turkey. Okay, sorry. <laughs> There's another phrase that what I- What is it? Um, what is the other phrase that's like PETA approved? I don't know, but long story, <laughs> we'll have to look that up. But I do think that uh, because he was understanding with it, it was one of those things where it ended up working. Yeah. And now I don't worry about him sneaking like mozzarella behind my back and like, it was just, it was just weird. Yeah. I also set a boundary in the beginning. Good. I said, here's the three things that I am not changing. And Jamie reassured me multiple times about this was number one, I have health issues and sometimes things will be good. Sometimes they might not be like, that's just something you're gonna have to deal with. But reality is everyone has a health issue at some point or has a family member with a health issue. So I don't think in this day and age, it's very fair to judge a person or to shun them out because they have a health issue. So that's number one. Number two is obviously having a career, a public life, uh, being in social media and making that clear that there's no amount of, I don't really want you doing this online that is going to make me stop that because mm -hmm. it's my career. And if someone doesn't want that, then oh well. And the third thing was being vegan. And it was like, this is my lifestyle. You know, you're, we're gonna need, gonna need you to make reservations at vegan restaurants and you know, go to fun maybe animal sanctuaries and things like that. But I think stating those non-negotiables up front yes. left that kind of like mystery, you know, it's like, oh, you go on a couple dates and you're like, I don't know when I should tell them that like I'm only vegan or when I should tell them about my health. I was like, let me get it out from the beginning because if I don't do this now, then I'm going to put myself in a pickle later and maybe like this person more, but then they're not going to like me because I didn't give them my non-negotiables. And the baby, though, that person is not for you. Yeah. If they don't understand that. Absolutely. Moving on. Bye. Yeah. I think there's this whole misconception where we need partners. We need to be yeah. in a relationship. No, if that partner is not uplifting, supportive, yeah. if that partner is too dependent off of you and actually is causing your life to yeah. be more stressful, moving on. Yeah. Why? I don't see the problem. Why can't you be single? What? Is, like, yeah. if you can't love yourself first, you absolutely should not be trying to yeah. seek love in somebody else to fill that gap. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree. More. Nothing wrong with being single. Yeah. And, and Vlad's a married man. Yeah. yeah. But I think uh, ultimately, if, if you don't have uh, someone who wants to be a partner and want you to succeed, that, that it's not even... That's true. There is no even uh, possibility of, mm -hmm. of relationship. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's so important. But yeah, I think... But it's very important for people to understand that it's not just a stage or it's not sort of a diet that you're trying mm -hmm. for a minute, you know? It's not a phase. Yeah, I think my parents thing. thought it was for a mm -hmm. while, like when I was dabbling in that and vegetarian. Everybody, but it's very uh, uh, understandable yeah. why uh, why uh, they can think of it as yeah. young yeah. lady uh, trying to figure out life and 
Yeah. She might change her opinion yeah. and My do something else. My parents still say, oh, are you still doing the vegan thing? They <sighs> say that all the time. And I'm just like, guys, come on, I'm not changing. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I see mm. parents coming with their children yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, and I see people coming for a date. Yeah. And I see all kind of dynamic. And I'm always so inspired by parents' behavior of uh, encouraging and almost like admiring of, of the kids to try something yeah. new that is hopefully mm -hmm. can be more spiritual and more um, yeah. mm -hmm. self-discovery for them uh, in a journey. Well, I, it's like, sorry, mom and dad, you raised a really compassionate, beautiful soul. Yeah. What do you want from me? Like now my parents have really come around, I mm -hmm. think, and just all the work that I've done. At first they were like so yeah. frustrated with me. They were like, stop writing not your mom, not your milk on our cartons. But it fucking worked. They don't buy milk cartons anymore. I would write like chicken periods like on, yeah. the, on the egg cartons. They, hate, they hated me. My dad was ready to kick me out of the house. Um, so that being said, I feel like we've come full circle and yeah. I took him to sanctuaries, animal sanctuaries. And I feel like that's what made the biggest difference for him because he was actually able to see these animals have personalities. Like they are, so cute. they are adorable, they are smart, they are loving and they, they, they'll show you love and compassion. And so that was, I think, the biggest change for my family where now my parents are very supportive of my work and they strive every day yeah. to become more plant-based. I mean, I've only been vegan for about six years. But if you think so about it, it, it can be really a bigger issue too because you can transform it to any other thing uh, not to support the children, okay, and children feeling superior and more understanding of the world and the parents are like things uh, uh, of the past mm -hmm. and they have a different mentality. So if your parents wouldn't accept you, they would probably lose you, yeah. okay? And yeah. I, just thinking about it myself with my kids, if I don't understand what the uh, culture is and what they really striving for, I'll lose them. And this is the last thing I would want in mm -hmm. my life. So uh, yes, you think that you change them, but it was a big part of their desire to keep in touch mm -hmm. and have, still have a daughter in a relationship. They, they might not even fully understand it, but yeah. they would want to do it just to be with you. And yeah. then all the benefits came yeah. about. Right. Well, they did take those actions afterwards. So exactly. like my exactly. dad was pre-diabetic, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I mean, really on so many medications for his indigestion, all of these problems. And he went almost fully plant-based and just saw the benefits for himself. And that was all I need to say. The yeah. proof is in the vegan pudding, baby. Like, just eat yeah. plant-based and you will see that you will thrive. Like, I don't even have to sell this lifestyle. It sells it for itself. Absolutely. But I'm saying that initially it's, it's a desire to be together and understand mm -hmm. and being compassionate to each other. Otherwise, relationship yeah. won't happen. So and yeah. for me, this happened not with the vegan stuff in terms of it being my work, but mostly in doing social media as a career. I mean, it's so kind of confusing. I mean, my parents don't know what I do day to day. They don't understand what work goes into it. They see I'm going out, they see I'm doing interviews, they see they see some of the byproducts, but they don't really see all that hard work. But regardless, I'm really grateful that they have supported me because like you're saying, they didn't really care. You know, I, I gave them a plan, a deadline. I am transparent with them. I tell them, you know, how much I'm making, what I'm doing. And at the end of the day, I feel like that is what also builds the trust, but it's basically showing them what I do. And you did that in your own way. And I think it's really, a great transition there. Yeah, it's like with the meat, dairy, and egg industries, they put billions of dollars into advertising these products from you know TV commercials mm -hmm. to billboards to eat more cheese and you'll have stronger bones or whatever the hell they say. Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. Calcium. Drink milk for calcium. This is not. Meanwhile, you see dairy farms that are burning down. 18,000 cows are mm -hmm, being mm -hmm. burned alive. It's like you have to put so much money into advertising your products because they're disastrous to begin with. It's like with a vegan lifestyle, I'm not making anything by yeah. telling you, eat a plant-based diet. And also I find it really interesting to 
learn more about how much like making all these nut milks costs in relation and how much water is used in relation to animal agriculture right yeah, the numbers are astronomical when you look at the dairy milk compared to oat milk soy milk hemp milk almond milk is a little higher but nowhere near the yeah. amount of water used to, for cow's milk and then the other thing i'm kind of interested in hearing from both of you just because I feel like a lot of meat eaters in my life are just bringing it up to stir the pot, but how do we feel about the lab-grown meat um, since it doesn't technically harm animals? I'm, I mean, I think it's the future. I think that I don't care what people eat as long as it doesn't harm the animals yeah. and the environment. Eat whatever the hell you want. And you want to stir the pot? Like, I know all the facts and the information, and I've noticed that now people don't even come at me because yeah. they don't even want to get into conversation yeah. because I will win every goddamn argument over and over and over again. Yeah. And I'll do it as calm and collected and just sit there and yeah. ask questions, and people don't want to get into it because yeah. they know that I'm going to make them look like a fool. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it's... Uh, uh, I don't have an opinion, that's for sure. But what I have an opinion about... I almost feel like there are two different ways people become vegan. Uh, one is like OG, traditional way, where people are evolving as a person, okay? And uh, becoming more spiritual, becoming more self-aware, and this is, I think, is a right way to become vegan. And yeah. there is another way, when you, with all the variety and the diversity of food that is offered, you like literally can change can turn vegan tomorrow, okay? You just start eating Beyond Meat, you just uh, uh, start eating uh, cheeses, so you li uh, just eggs, you can literally become vegan uh, eating all this stuff. And I, I feel like there might be, I'm not saying it is, uh, but it might be a case when you're still having carnivore mind, mm -hmm. okay? But you're just eating uh, plant-based, mm -hmm. okay? So you are not, trying to uh, work to work to become more compassionate. You're not trying to become more um, understanding of the uh, environment and stuff like this. You're just kind of changing those uh, elements, uh, uh, ingredients in your, in your diet. And it's not necessarily changing your mindset. For me, uh, I would hope that uh, I, I'm a part of it is to create non-elitist food. Because you go to Whole Foods, you go to a health food store, and all of a sudden you have this uh, tofu that is like $20 a pound. Like, what yeah. kind of food is that? Yeah. Who can afford this? Or somebody came to me uh, with wonderful uh, samples of uh, vegan food, uh, vegan cheese, and it's $30 a pound. Like, what are you putting in this right. uh, uh, product that has to cost $30 mm -hmm. a pound. And how is this is compatible to, to product uh, that is on the market, uh, that is artisanal cheese aged uh, for 20 years? So uh, why are you making this food un unattainable, right? For me, I always think about people coming to my restaurant and think, oh, I can eat it at home. Mm -hmm. And if they want the recipe, I'll tell them, okay? So for me, it's like you, you, you can eat it every day. Uh, it's not something exquisite or completely yeah. uh, out, uh, out of uh, skill set of a regular person. Well, right now where we are at as a society is billions of dollars of our tax dollars are being pumped into the animal agriculture industries to keep them surviving. And that's why those products are artificially cheap. Meat no, no, I understand this. But, right, but this is are. extreme uh, of... So, oh, I'm sorry. so what we can do as individuals if we're trying to save or if we're on a budget, I mean... I went vegan when I was in college. I didn't really have much money at all. And if we want to save money, you just have to do whole foods plant-based, which is healthier for you, which is mm -hmm. cheaper, and, and rice, beans, Right, tofu, but it's also about the industry yeah. that claims that uh, it's for people, but I in reality, it's yeah. just uh, looking for its own pro uh, profits. And uh, some, some of, yeah, and some of those companies are yeah. just uh, affiliates of big uh, agro-farms. I mean, also, I think a big argument for a lot of people to not go vegan is that it's more expensive, right? Especially young people. Oh, getting smoothies is more expensive. Like, yes, if you're going to Juice Generation, spending $16 on... I mean, I love Juice Generation, don't get me wrong, I love it. But if you're spending $16 on a juice every day, 
That's going to add up. Okay. On and you don't have Starbucks. to drink the much same... all the time. You can have uh, English breakfast. Yes, yeah, but these course. are the same people that go out to Nobu and different sushi restaurants yeah. and then claim, oh, veganism is expensive. Yeah. It's all about the excuses. But yeah. I think that each one of us, we're doing the work that we can do at an individual mm -hmm. level to make the world a better place and, and just recognize that by living the, our, our passions and by living our truth and being ourselves, we can then help and inspire other people to do so. You're doing it through I food. Agree. I'm doing it through video and advocacy you're doing it through speeches through social media and through so many other ways so I'm so grateful to have known you because this is a movement that has brought me together with people I probably would have never crossed right. paths with mm -hmm. so um, why don't we just share where people can find us any like last words that we want to wrap things up with yeah and I also want to know your plans like what are the projects that you're working on um, I'm still doing a lot of public speaking so you can book me to come speak wherever you want I also have a a uh, book called A Kid's Book About Chronic Illness that you can buy on Amazon, Whole, uh, I was about to say Whole Foods, uh, <laughs> Amazon, Barnes & Noble, next Walmart, <laughs> yeah, maybe Whole Foods eventually, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just hopefully some other fun longer term projects and series that you can find at It's Gigi Robinson everywhere, ggrobinson.com. Awesome. And yeah, the next couple of years, I am just going to keep advocating, keep making videos, really fun, engaging content for you. I'm going to keep doing street style interviews. I hope to promote brands that also are aligned with me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, just create relatable content that people can watch and be like, I want to be like her and mm -hmm. I get this now. Yeah. I'm going to go vegan and hopefully just continue to grow the vegan community and inspire other people to get active because if I could be an activist and get active, literally anybody yeah. can. It's true. It's so true. And Let um, out your inner maniac. Yes, and really I want to I want to grow my gen with Generation Vegan. Generation Vegan is an international animal rights company. We create films. We have people all over the world, Spain, India, Portugal, the UK that are advocating for animal rights mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, I want to keep telling stories in this yeah. movement. That is what it's all about. For me, I saw this horrific footage and I woke up to it through film, through video. So I want to just keep reaching the world and spreading that love and compassion. You can find me at It's Jamie's Corner on Instagram. It, my YouTube channel is Jamie's Corner. And also my website is itsjamiescorner.com. And for me, I was reflecting uh, on what is next up on my journey. For me, it's uh, expanding and creating community beyond just food because I've seen a lot of people starting vegan diet, but they don't have friends uh, mm -hmm. that are vegan and they f slowly fall out. And I thought, what would be good for me? Uh, and that's what I want to create right now in, uh, at the Organic Grill. We have concerts, we have uh, uh, punk nights, we have uh, uh, cooking classes that we're going to do a lot in May. We do veggie comedy nights where all the comedians are vegan. Um, and all these concerts and all these activities, uh, uh, we have vegan poetry nights kind of for you to choose like from our menu that you can do some fun activities while eating vegan food. Yeah. For me, it's important. And thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, I want to see you doing your activism, doing your thing. And until next time, thank you. All right. Ah, wait, we'll try it one more time. <laughs>